Hi guys, welcome back to our Wednesday mini series on ADHD for, I don't know, National ADHD Awareness Month or something. Who really knows what that means these days because there's like a day and a month for everything. But um, Talon and I are back today talking about hyperactivity ADHD, and we're going to talk about the symptoms for diagnostics and then also Talon's experience not being formally diagnosed through like the psyche valve process, but being confirmed to present with ADHD via his therapist, which we will let him go through. But yeah, Talon, how do you feel? I feel good. Um, I feel ridiculous with how close this microphone is to me right now. <laughs> Well, you'll have to talk louder. I know. <laughs> it's a problem. It's a problem. Yeah. Um, yeah. So should we like get into the symptoms? Yeah. That's the funnest part. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, um, so for ADHD hyperactivity, obviously like with all things, there's a spectrum, right? And just because you present with some of these things, but you have a primarily inattentive diagnosis, which really is just like what we historically have called ADD, attention deficit disorder. Um, Like for anyone listening, if you have inattentive ADHD, you're still going to have some of these criteria, right? Like it's not like, it's not so cut and dry that there's no overlap. Yeah. I would say there's tons of overlap. Um, And like my, I would say that, I I would say that my symptoms, uh, vary based on like situationally like like what type of social situation i'm in or like where i'm at like versus like you know whatever so like i experience a very wide range of symptoms on both Um, sides yeah inattentive and hyperactive yeah i would say you're like definitely combined type yeah so i don't i definitely am like inattentive I don't have a ton of hyperactivity although I have some but like we I see it way more in you than in myself but also like who knows we've normalized this behavior yeah yeah you yeah I would say that you definitely see it my hyperactive symptoms more probably than a lot of people I think you're acutely aware of them um, you asked me a lot, like, oh, what, like, what's what's going on with that? And I'm like, the first time I met you, I did that. Yes, you did, and I was shook because I was just like, I was like, um, what? <laughs> so you notice things that like either I know I do, but I don't even register when I'm doing them, so I don't know that I'm doing them, or things that like I have no idea that I do until it's pointed out, and then like that pattern is like familiar, right? Like the like my mouth thing, like I. Like, mm-hmm. I, I lick my lips habitually all the time. You do. Um, so you pointed that out like our first date, and I was like, I, I was like, what? And you're like, yeah, what, what's, what is that? And I was like, oh, I don't know. I have no idea what that is. So yeah. So for meeting the criteria for a diagnosis, seventeen and below 
17 year olds and below only have to have five of the criteria kiddos or whatever yeah Yeah. but once you're an illegal adult which is so funny because like your frontal lobe is not fully developed but whatever yeah like when you're actually an adult like 26 or something yeah 25 is when they say quote unquote that you i still made some very poor decisions at 25 though let it be said but at 18 (laughs) and above you only have to have six of the following criteria so the first one is often fidgets with or taps hands or feet or squirms in seat. Uh, <laughs> all day, all day, all day, every day, probably. Yeah. Constantly. Constantly, all the time. Um, I move a lot for work. I'm standing all the time at work. Um, I don't remember. I haven't, I haven't sat down for a meal at work in four and a half years. I, I stand to eat. Um, I'm, I'm constantly like standing. Uh, so like, I think that my, I think my fidgeting is very well masked by the work that I do and the level of like, my hands are always moving at work. I'm, I'm, I'm a cook. So like, I'm always doing something with my hands and my brain is free to wander. I'm very like that industry and particularly like my position is very well curated to me. Um, like yeah well isn't that what your therapist said too was like you are so successful at work because you have been able to create your position to work for you yes absolutely yeah i entered into the prep department and we didn't really have a lot of we had some systems in place like lists and things like that which end up being very helpful to somebody with adhd when when we're forced to use them i have to use one at work or else i forget stuff right so yeah uh, i would definitely say that like my work contributes to a lot of the masking that i experience um when it comes to like my like my movement my movement for sure because i've always masked movement um i was told like sit still as a kid like don't do that as a kid like any any physical stimming I wanted to do, I was not allowed to do. Yeah. So I masked that for a really long time. Which again, what year were you born? 89. Yeah. So like, you know, 90s, like not, not okay. I remember like, Oh my God, where did you lose your Tamagotchi? Um, Oh God. Uh, so I had a Tamagotchi that I still have. No, I stole it from a girl. I didn't like at school. I don't even remember her name. But she had 12 of them on oh, her backpack. Oh, well, whatever. And the excess enraged me, and I wanted one so badly, I fucking stole it from her. Did your mom ever find out? I lied and said that I got it from her at school. Yeah. And then I got a Gigapet for my birthday, so I was rolling the Gigapet and the Tamagotchi. Um, I lost my Tamagotchi in the JCPenney bathroom. Yeah, I, I'm i 92% sure that my Tamagotchi broke off my backpack or someone stole it from me, which is absolutely what I deserve because I stole it. So, like, you lose things the way you find them. And, mm-hmm. yeah. And then my Gigapet, um, I think I dropped my Gigapet on the ground at school one day and, like, she didn't, she didn't recover. Mm-mm. Yeah, she didn't recover from that. Did your, um, once we graduated in into cd players out of our walkmans Mm. did your cd player have to be taped back together from dropping it yes can you say that a little louder yes uh (laughs) yes it did um i my cd player had to be taped shut Uh uh-huh uh and 
then when that no longer worked, I uh, I convinced my brother, I'll say convinced. To give you his. Yes, I traded him. I don't even remember what I traded him, but I'm like, you never use that? Like, give me that shit. And then I used that for, I was a senior in high school until I had an iPod. Like, it was, yeah. it uh, Yeah, it was very low tech. Amount. We didn't have internet in my house until I was... probably 17 and then we had dial up until like a like a ridiculously long time my cell phone had like internet capabilities before my computer had appropriate internet like highest speed yeah we didn't have high speed oh my god it was low tech um yes i i fidget all the time you do um okay b often leaves seat in situations when remaining seated is expected this is gnarly for me yeah so all of that compulsion for me is there um but i was trained and taught as a kid not to do that i got in trouble for that so like that was very like hey like you're gonna start fucking grade school like it's not like kindergarten you cannot get about out of your seat like if you need to then you need to like ask to like go get water sharpen your pencil or whatever so like i was absolutely that kid who was taking advantage of any cheat i could like i mean i need to sharpen my pencil you know it's two inches long now i, I always wanted to the have short pencil the short pencil short but i yeah. yeah but i lost all my pencils mm-hmm. so i never got even a halfway down pencil mm-hmm. yeah i so like i would like the short pencil was like a point of pride right right because you could keep your pencil right and then something happened to me where i was like i don't want a short pencil anymore i would get like very repulsed by things i used to like so like i don't want a short pencil anymore i want long pencils only it was like a whole thing. And then like a, the pencil would get too short. And I was like, I can't use that anymore. I have a very particular pen. I only write with black ink. Blue ink stresses me out. And I like an inky pen, mm-hmm. but not... Like a gel pen. But not so inky it takes forever to dry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you have a problem with waiting for ink to dry before you continue to write. When I was in school, when I was taking notes, if I fucked up the page, and I refused to use a pencil because I don't like pencils, if I fucked up the page, I would tear the whole thing out and start over. And I would cry (laughs) and cry and cry. And my homework, would it would take me forever. And so my mom finally was like, so stop taking notes in a in a spiral bound notebook mm-hmm. and take notes only on sticky notes and p- put them in your book because if you fuck up it's just one sticky note mm-hmm. so my books just had sticky notes and then eventually i put my sticky notes on my like spiral notebook pages right right right. smart um yeah. but because i refused to use pencil because i didn't like the sensory mm-hmm. of a pencil i don't like an eraser i i love pencil like I sure, but tattooing pencil, yeah, like red pencils, uh, Ticonderoga. That that's that's the pencil. That is the fucking pencil. Um, okay. Um, my love for pencils, honestly. C often runs about or climbs in situations where it is inappropriate. I don't do that. The only time I do that is when I am having my avoidant attachment and then a bitch sprints mm-hmm. away. Yeah, like fuck my fuck my couch, fuck everything in my apartment. All of that can be <laughs> repurchased. Like I just need my dog and 
whatever, I fucking run, but it's not because of ADHD. Yeah, I would say that that probably... I, I feel like that applies mostly to, to kiddos. I think that yeah. that is a very obvious, like, kid sign. I think that, like, with socialization... Yeah. And, like, the, the extreme pressure that you are... You're molded and pushed into, like, this public school box, this good kid box. Like, you and I grew up in, like, the 90s where kids were still supposed to be seen and not heard. I heard that all the time as a kid because I couldn't shut the fuck up. Like, um, I think that that is very, I don't know that that's accurate to adults because we've been so socially conditioned not to do that, not to be disruptive, at least like AFAB people anyway, you know, um, that I don't know that that's like totally right. But things that I can relate to right now, we're renovating the, uh, restaurant. We bought a second one, right? We're renovating. And so we have piles of things on the ground, like piles of plywood. I will walk out of my way to, to walk over the plywood, to like stand on. Or like I like all everyone's like oh like you know like gotta paint I'm like I'll climb the ladder like I'll go up there I'll do that so like I understand that but it's like I I would assume I'm probably doing that yeah but it's so much more subtle and socially acceptable yeah it's normalized that no one would ever think that like oh you have ADHD because you're you can't not walk all over the plywood right but my little feet print are all over it so, yeah yeah um. D, often unable to play or engage in leisure activities quietly. I can't do anything quietly. Um, You can. I can, yeah. Um, Oh, man, that's a hard one. That's like, I think that's indicative of the the person's personality. Like, some people are naturally more quiet. Right. Me with a microphone two inches from my face, and I don't even know if you can still hear me or not. I'm not sure. You know, and then I think there are people who are louder. Oh, my God. You can um, hear me a mile away. Which, like, so I don't know the, like, the ability to play or engage in activities quietly. Now, if you mean, like, not creating your own background noise. Right. Do you have, yeah, a podcast or music going? I have music going. I don't do a lot of podcasts. There's one podcast I listen to more habitually than other podcasts. What podcast is it? Um, it's, it's this one. I listen to this podcast, but I'm invested emotionally in this podcast. So, um, yeah, I, I listen to it when I miss you, when I miss you. So, um, but yeah, so I don't know. That's like subjective, right? So like that doesn't even like that, I think could be broken down into like, do you vocally stim, right? Like, do you repeat songs? Do you make up weird songs? Oh, I do that. Like, do you repeat the same phrase in different voices? Like, do you have the same song stuck in your head? You're like, that is all, like if you're doing those things and doing a task, you're not technically participating or playing in a task quietly, right? Sure. So I think that that like, that is like, that's subjective. That's a really hard one, subjectively, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think that could be rephrased, because I don't know that that is... Well, right. half of this book could be... Rephrased, right. Yeah, that's... <laughs> but, like, when I've seen you in your painting studio space, yes. you're very diligent and very quiet yes. there. Yeah. And, like, if I am... I don't think I do any hobby quietly. I don't even eat quiet. I don't eat quiet. Yeah, I just, I'm not. Eating is like. I, that whole indoor voice thing, I'm like, no, that's not yeah. going to work. I don't believe that some people even have indoor voices. Some people just don't have it. So it's like, yeah. that was something I definitely, like, as a kid was told indoor voice. Yeah. Um, but again, that's like socialization. Yeah. Yeah. 
is often on the go as if you were driven by a motor. Yeah. You can just go and go and go and go. And I'm like, if I don't get a nap (laughs) by three o'clock, which like I didn't get a nap yesterday. And by the very tail end of the night, I was like, I was regulated, but I was very much like I was tired and I was shorter Mm -hmm. and my ability to track like, Yeah, absolutely. It's a palpable difference when you, like, have an app versus when you don't. Like, I know. Like, I can tell. I mean, like, via text messages. I'm like, oh, shoot, take a nap today. Um, I do not need a nap. You just go. I just go. And I go hard. Like, I straight up, like, 10-hour work day, come home, shower. I'm like, all right, I'm going to go skate. Go skate. And then stay up way too late talking to you, doing whatever, like, watching, you know, whatever on my fucking computer. And then, you know, I'm like, all right, five hours of sleep, get up, and I, like, go to work again. And, like, maybe I drag a little bit at work, but then, like, you know, it's 11 a.m., and I got my second wind, and I'm like, all right, let's go, do it again, you know. So I do just go and go and go. Um, I need that hard reset, and you don't. No, yeah. I uh, I found that, like, uh, a little hack, like, I really struggle, like, I struggled with, like, initiating tasks that I don't want to do, I don't want to clean. Right. So like, I don't want to clean because I clean all day at work. I don't want to cook because I cook all day at work. And I've had to like do these little like tasks and hacks where I'm like, all right, I'm going to go home and I'm not going to sit down. I'm not going to get out of my work clothes. I'm not going to shower. I'm not going to do anything except for the shit I don't want to do. Cause then it's just like, it'll be done. And so, yeah, like I'll turn my tower day into a 12 hour day because I'm doing my yeah. housework and all my things at home that I have to get done. Because so, yeah. by the time you like, like get out of the go mode you can't get going again correct like if i i always tell people i'm like dude like if i sit down that shit is over oh see and i can i can go again if it's something i want to do sure like you know like oh my god we're gonna go to dinner i'm like oh i like that like yeah i'll do all my stuff i'll shower and then i'm like okay i'm ready to go that's not 100 percent guaranteed though sometimes i'm like i can't do this Mm -hmm. i can't go out um, I know you didn't come out for my birthday. I did not. I sat down. Yeah. I did. And I was like, I'm so tired. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm always going. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, this next one is like, I can't, I'm like so embarrassed. Why? Because we're going to want to literally talk for like 30 minutes about this symptom because we have so much to say, which is like so ironic because it is often talks excessively. Oh my God. We literally never shut up. Never. It's a problem. It n- never yeah, stop like talking. It's like, it is like not a problem in like a negative sense because like we're both having a fucking great time, but definitely impacts like particular plans or oh, yeah. like ideas of how things were going to go and maybe we don't get to something because we uh, <laughs> couldn't stop don't talking. Don't shut Yeah. Up. Um, I don't meet a lot of people with the um, social battery um, that, like, my level of talking really requires. Um, and, like, you continue to enjoy it. I can only do it one-on-one, though. Yes. I don't have, like... Same. I can't do that with, like, a group. group I don't have any battery for groups. I don't even have battery for the grocery store. I get my shit delivered. Yeah. Like, I I really struggle in group settings. That's a lot of... That's a lot of input for me. Um, 
and I end up in group settings hyper-focused on one human being. Yeah. And then I look rude. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, it's interesting because you're in groups all, all the time, time and I am never in a group situation. Yeah. I, uh, in, I am, I'm in a group setting at work, which has helped, um, my, my work really, and we'll kind of talk about this later. My work has really helped me be more well socialized with my, with my like newfound, like I have ADHD, like my work has been very instrumental in like how I move through the world a little bit more easily. But yeah, I'm in group settings all the time. But what I do is when we're in groups, I do not look at people in the eye. That's like something very specific. I don't like, I like look down or look up or away when I'm saying something or I look at like one person I'm very comfortable with and I speak directly to them because that helps me, I guess like filter out everybody else. I cannot look at other people. I don't want to see their reactions. I just need to say what I need to say. Which is perceived as rude. A hundred percent. Like, yes, I think I, I think I come off very, I think I come off very rude. I think I come off as a know-it-all by the way, like I frame or deliver information. It's not gentle occasionally. Yeah, don't I know. It is, uh, it feels forceful without being forceful. So it feels strange. Yeah. Like it's not, I don't have like a loud tone. I don't have uh-uh. a snippy tone. No. It's very like. But I think sometimes you don't have a filter. Correct. I do, which is also another ADHD issue. Right? It totally is. And I don't have, time. I, yeah, I don't have a verbal, like I say things and I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe that I said that. Yeah. But like, you're gonna, we can totally edit this out. But one time Talon and I were talking and he said like, don't you think men are disposable? Like, <laughs> Dude, that was really bad. It was really bad. And you watch me literally for like 45 minutes, every like 15 minutes cycle Cycle back back to whether or not my behavior was consistent with if I believe men are disposable. And then for like the next three days, I proceeded to talk to Paige and Andrew about whether or not my behavior is consistent with if I believe and behave in a way that tells men that they're disposable and right. I, and it was like an off the cuff thing for you that you didn't put like thought into but i no fucking spiral no yeah like and i didn't say it like to provoke any reaction other than like it was just like a thought that came into my head and i was like oh yeah like, like don't you think men are disposable don't you think so and you were like no no and I was like oh this is a filter moment and I have a lot of like no filter moments where I'm like I should not have said that and I am so sensitive you I don't like the word sensitive because I think it's perceived very negatively um I think that you are I think you're very in tune with your own emotions and like your own triggers and you're very aware of all those and you're very protective of like your um I don't know like what the word is but you're very like you're like you know I'm not going to participate in that I don't want to participate in that because that's not going to make me feel good like you're very protective of like your regulation and like your like you know like and and you you filter what you consume um in order to help regulate which I love but like that is unfortunate because like I don't always filter what I say, and then that causes that puts the filter filter f- f- filtering on you, 
and I feel bad. Like I felt really bad. I like anything that I have said off the cuff that has given a negative or adverse reaction to you. I feel fucking terrible. Oh, I know you do. I just like, I'm crushed on the inside. I know. And like, because I know that like you're air quotes sensitive. Right. And I don't ever, I've been told a lot of my life. I am insensitive. Which you're not. You're like the most sensitive person, but you just can't filter everything. And you talk excessively and it just rapidly flies out of our mouths. Yeah, and it just just makes it worse. And then it's like, you know, and like, I don't even realize what I've said until it's five minutes later. And I'm like, wait, you're still hung up. I'm like, did I say that? And you're like, yeah, dog, you said that. I'm like, like, oh, my bad. And you're like, no, yep. I'm like, okay. So yeah, it's uh, it's been good practice, I think, in minor repairs, though. Yeah. Um, which is an important skill. I think we all should be practicing all the time. For sure. Yeah, it's. But yeah, I, yeah, I don't. No filter. Talk excessively. Constant. Constant. I mean, we both got in so much trouble in school for this when we were kids. Needs to pay attention more in class. Talks too much. Talks too much. Is disruptive in class. Disrupting other students in class. Um, I got in trouble for letting kids cheat off of me. Um, because I was like, yeah, here, bro. Like I got you, you know, um, I got, um, I cheated a lot. I cheated a lot in high school because I was like, okay. Like, oh, I cheated in middle school a lot. Uh, no school was my hyper focus until I was 14. And then I was like, this is bullshit. <laughs> I don't want to do this anymore. You know, I'm tired, burnt out at 14. You know, I'm done. The, the gifted kid syndrome, you know, like, oh my God, you're so smart. Yeah. Oh God, you're so smart. Like. Like, nope, like, just have severe anxiety and ADHD that's undiagnosed and, like, I don't know what else to do. Right. Because you told me I'll be a complete failure if I don't do well in school. Oh, yeah. So. um, Um, I do have to say, I feel like the culture is shifting kind of back around to, like, um, like, trades are very much, like, pushed more than they were when we were. The only post-high school option for our age groups was college and it was immediately upon finishing college college or bust college or bust college or or your failure trade school was trade school was not even like like women and and men and you know anyone on the spectrum of being human but like going to like beauty school and becoming a hairstylist absolutely not like trades that like and now I think it's being pushed a lot more because of how expensive education is and because, like, we, I think with how our cities have been, like, impacted the last few years, we're yeah. realizing, oh, shit, we need these people. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. our infrastructure is falling apart. We need our tradespeople. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm not, I don't want to brag, but, like. The restaurant industry. We carried y'all. Through COVID. Co- like, because we didn't have fucking groceries to buy and we couldn't get out. Correct. Like we fed you, we served you and I won't get up on my soapbox about how you need to treat your servers and your cooks better. I just won't because that's a whole other thing. Um, but yeah, we carried this fucking country through COVID and we actually suffered the largest death toll out of like all industries. It's, it's, it was, it was the service industry. Wow. Yeah. Um, so when people are like, you know, like nobody wants to work anymore, restaurants can't find anybody. It's like, no, over a million of us are fucking dead. Yeah. So it's one of those things where it's like, um, yeah, I was off. I was off four weeks and they called me back. My, my restaurant was closed two and a half days. 
And we were like, we got to go all take out or we're, we're busted, right? Yeah. We're not, it's not going to happen. And we did. We were able to do it and we were very fortunate. Um, but yeah, like we all were told and like, hey, like plan on not Months. ever working here, maybe ever again. We don't yeah. know if the restaurant will be here. And lo and behold, I'm on my couch on a Wednesday afternoon in my fucking sweatpants. And I get a phone call like, please, God, come back. We can't do this without you. We're so busy. And I was like, all right, you need to give me more money. You're going to give me the schedule I want. And like, let's go. And I worked 60 plus hours a week until we yeah. could get the rest of our kiddos back in there and get everybody working again. Yeah. But yeah, like you bet your sweet ass, like we, we worked through it. So like tradespeople, yeah, are important. And luckily like trades are so conducive to people with neurodivergencies, right? Because we're not, we don't technically have to adhere to the social norms of like a a bureaucratic system or a white collar, which I don't believe in, but like white collar system, right? Um, So I find that people like with ADHD tend to thrive in a trade skill. Oh my God. I am literally so mad that nobody told me I could go be a carpenter. Yeah, oh yeah. I would fucking love that life. Yeah, you could be a journeyman. You could go do anything. You know, I yeah. would love... But nobody ever put any nope. tools in my hands until I bought a fucking van and were like, let's build it. And I'm like, I don't know how to change a drill bit, but like, I bought a fucking $30,000 van I'm about to live in, so we're going to do this. Like, yeah. I would have done so well except for the social parts of working in a male dominated field i would have fucked all my coworkers. yeah but like i would have done so well but like you know even then with that i you know i wasn't handed any any other option other than college you need to go to college you need to do this and good Lord, did you go to community college i went to community college i i did two semesters okay at clark at clark and uh oh my god in what years uh, fall of 2007. Oh, okay. Spring of 08. No. Um, and I you did were... abysmally. Yeah. I did abysmally. It was the first time. I mean, I didn't do well in high school either. Well, yeah, because you have to self-lead college. And I can't. Yeah. I don't know how to do that. Yeah. There's no like, you're going to get 150 points by turning in your weekly homework. Nope. There's show up to lecture, self-teach. Figure it out. And then take my exam. Yeah. And like, just, just... And, like, I, interestingly enough, as a kid, wanted to be homeschooled very badly. We have to have a whole discussion about this because, oh, my God, I was going to say this in the car. My ex-brother-in-law, I was telling you, like, he's great. Mm -hmm. And there was just some some things sometimes, which there are with everybody. But I said, when Tori and I have kids, I want to homeschool. Yeah. And they lit into me and they were like you know like how could you ever not allow your child to be like socialized normally with their peers and i'm like do you like i'm like shay you're cool i've i got called a fucking faggot in front of my entire senior class out loud like i like i was fucking tormented in school. I was made fun of very badly in school. My little brother came out at 14 and played traveling baseball with his peers for four years. He had to hotel in rooms with boys and he wouldn't go to the bathroom because they would like say things about how he was going to molest them or come on to them. So like 
First of all, no. Like, I get to choose to homeschool my child because I don't believe that the public school system is serving neurodivergent and queer kids well. Furthermore, like, I don't really want my kids exposed to all the bullshit that's happening in public school for the sake of quote unquote making them strong. And I do believe there's a way to homeschool your children very well so that they are socialized and normal. Um, yeah, I mean, that's like what extracurriculars are for. Like, that's totally. What, like putting them in groups and clubs and like, you know, lessons and stuff is for like, you know, their interests, they're allowed to pursue. It's not like you're trying to keep them in the basement and no, you know, just, like, keep them with you. Like, you you're just you're facilitating a more flexible learning more flexible learning and a more direct path to like being able to self-manage being able to self-motivate being able to time manage and coordinate themselves like you're that's creating more success for them 100 percent and less social stress and social stigma you know like the shame of getting kicked out of class And forced to run to the fence. Brutal. Brutal. Yeah, like, you know, like... And then grounded afterwards. Because, yeah, because you were misbehaving, you know. um, Yeah, like, I can't tell you how many times, like, I walked down the halls and people pushed me around and called me this, that, or the Oh, my God, I got called fat for fucking 15 years of public school. Like, you know, I, uh, yeah, I was weird. And, like, I... I had to wear headgear to school when I had braces for a second, and like the torment was so bad. I went back to my orthodontist sobbing. I don't, I like really tried to keep it in together in front of adults that I didn't know. I didn't really cry in front of adults that I didn't know, right? And I was sobbing in that chair, and I begged her to not make me wear it to school. And she was like, Well, you have to wear it the rest. And I did. Good God, did I wear headgear every waking moment that I was not at school? I wore it. Yeah. But like, it was so bad. Like, it was even bad. I had a toothbrush in my lunchbox, and people made fun of me for it. And I was like, I make fun of you because you wear your retainers, and I'm right. so sorry. No, but like, no, no. I, I just, mean, it's no, it's fine. You're 33 years old. I am. 20 years next year, I'll be. I'll have been wearing my retainers 100. But like, you know, like, and I got made fun of for so many other things. Like, I was late to puberty, right? I'm AFAB. I was late to puberty, so like, I didn't wear a bra to PE. And because why would I, I don't have anything, you know, like whatever. And like those girls tore me apart. And also like in your head, you were a boy. Like, yeah. like it was, I mean, you are a boy and you yes. were a boy, but like, but it's like, why? Would but I that's ever? nobody else knew that. Yeah. And, and I was just like, why would I ever do that? That doesn't make any sense. You know, like, I'm like, I don't understand like why this is an issue. I don't have boobs. Like why, why are we freaking out to the point where like my PE teacher had to like, like, she pulled me aside and was like, you need to like wear a sports bra and then like sent me home with a note to my mom. And it was so embarrassing because then my mom was like, all right, you know, and my mom was good. She was like, well, yeah, let's go get you some. Let me, let me pick out like the most. You're like, can I get basic. some boxer briefs too? Yeah. She was like, no, absolutely not. But, uh, but you know, like, um, so yeah, like the, the sheer, like, formative experience negative formative experience of being picked on from since i can remember until high school i was not picked on in high school mm-hmm. um and i made that very like i made that happen i was yeah. not picked on in high school i went to a high school where no one knew me and i was very like 
not nice, not approachable, not anything yeah. other than like a scary human being. Ugh. Yeah. I would have been so swoony. I was, yeah, I was super pumped. It was yeah. like the whole thing. No one came near me. So, so um, we can talk for hours and hours. We can talk for hours and hours and hours. Okay, so let me just like read the last few and then yeah. let's talk about your experience not being diagnosed. Okay. And then we can talk about the self-reporting. Actually, okay. let's talk about that first and then not diagnosed. Okay. So the last three criteria... We both do this. Um, often blurts out an answer before a question has been completed. <laughs> Check. Always. Um, often has difficulty waiting his or her turn. Check. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, if if I ask someone to do something for me, but they can't do it in like the time that I want, I'm like, nope, I'll do it. Yeah, yeah, you are like that. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Um, often interrupts or intrudes on others, butts into conversations or whatever. I I know my behavior is perceived as rude because of that. Same. Yeah. Same. People think I don't want to listen. People think I'm not interested or invested in the conversation. People think that I'm only waiting my turn to talk and I'm not actually taking in information, uh, which is not actually true because if I was waiting to talk and not listening, I wouldn't say anything. Right. Because it's <laughs> that is like for you, active listening is talking. Yeah. Like I'm like, oh my God, that reminds me of this thing that I want to share with you because I want to know what you think about this thing. Right. So it's like, but like, and they don't. A lot of people don't understand the compulsion of interrupting is if I don't say it right now, I'm going to forget. Yep. Like I'm going to forget. Right. I cannot tell you how many times, like, I'm like, no, just wait your turn. Just wait your turn. And then people look at me and then I'm like, I don't remember what I was going to say. Mm-hmm. And they're like, you don't know. I'm like, I have no idea. And they're like, what? And I'm like, yeah. And I actually, I, uh, I would forget what I was going to say a lot as a kid. And my great grandmother had a saying that I love, but it actually rubs people the wrong way sometimes. Um, as if you would, and my mom would say it to me all the time. Um, I'd be like, oh, like, mom, mom, mom. She's like, what? I'm like, oh, actually, I forgot. Because my mom would take a while. My mom responded when she wanted to respond. Like, it was not, my mom was always reading. You had to wait till she got to the end of that page, that paragraph. There was no, like, you know. And so I'd be like, oh, I forgot. And she goes, hmm, must have been a lie. My great grandma said that all the time. And her, because, you know, she was an old, old-ass lady, and her thing was like, well, how could you forget the truth? And I've said that to so many people, and... I'm sure fucking glad I've forgotten a lot of truths about my life. <laughs> yeah, same. Um, and a lot of, a lot of, like, the people that I know who have ADHD, um, several of them really, really, really love it. Like, one of my buddies that I worked with, he loved it. He thought that was just the funniest thing. I said that to... Um, a previous partner, she does not have ADHD that I know of, and she hated it, and she did not like that. Um, and I think that triggered something in her where she felt like I was calling her a liar. Where, where she was being accused of right, lying. Right, but it, but it's that's not necessarily it. But yeah, so it, it's I don't I try not to say it unless like I know the audience because like it's yeah, yeah. like oh must have been a lie. That's cute. And I, I like say it about that. myself all the time. I'm like oh I forgot what I was going to say. Must have been a lie. Yeah. Um, that's yeah. cute. Okay, so difference between you and me, Mm -hmm. I have a formal diagnosis. I went through three 90-minute psych assessments, evaluations, if you will. You did the test. I did the test. The test is hard. If I was, like, if you decided to go do the test there would be like a whole like from obviously i don't get to tell you what to do but like i would want to take you for like comfort meal 
the night before and like your favorite Disney movie and like make sure you have plenty of candy and like the coziest clothes and like you're seated in your house because it would be probably by Zoom like right. in a place that makes you feel safe like you have radish with you like because <laughs> that shit is gnarly yeah um, so I've been in therapy on and off for seven years technically um, same therapist and I brought me possibly having ADHD to her two years ago I think yeah um and I was like, I don't like to self-diagnose, but this is something I've been noticing. And like, we watched my pre-transition videos. Like, you can see it. You yeah. can see my symptoms change. Yeah. Right. And we had kind of started talking about that. And I was like, you know, and it first started with like, I'm like, I'm not sleeping. And she's like, when did you start not sleeping? And I was like, oh, like, you know, five years ago. She's like, what happened five years ago? And I was like, I started tea. She's like, and then I was like, well, you know, I'm having a hard time, like, focusing. And I feel like I'm forgetting more and more stuff and all these things. And she was like, interesting. When did you start feeling like that? So on and so forth. And I we linked a lot of stuff back to, like, when I started testosterone, the changes in your brain, chemicals change the way symptoms present, right? Like, because does it amplify them? No. So, like, well, maybe... Um, cause like I don't have a lot of memory from my childhood and like how I behaved, um, until I started really being like, Oh, this has been an issue for a really long time. I thought everybody's brains just did that. So I wasn't really big on the self analyzation of like, why can't I function? I just figured everybody was struggling. Like I was struggling. Right. Yeah. Um, cause you know, my mom is queen of, ah, oh, everybody feels like that. Don't worry about it. You're fine. You know? Um, and then I started talking to my therapist and she's like, well, you know, there are some studies linked to like, when you start taking testosterone, your testosterone levels rise, your estrogen levels lower, your progesterone, your progesterone lowers, and that changes like how your brain works. It just does. And ADHD being, you know, um, kind of an insufficient supply and things like that of dopamine and like, you know, having different hormonal levels in your body, like that's that that makes sense to me that my my symptoms changed and some started to present more and some are amplified absolutely like my fidgeting is infinitely more amplified and like watching the videos with you last night was very validating for me because i'm like oh my god yeah like by the end of it i'm like i'm just i can't even sit still you know and my videos get shorter and shorter and shorter and my attention span is just less and it's just like my irritability was one where i was like is this testosterone is this adhd <laughs> you know um so yeah it started with like hey i'm experiencing all these things and she's like okay and then like we mentioned before my my job right i walk in every day or i did when i was running the prep the prep department i walk in every day and we have a list of stuff we have to do every day and that list there are time-based things that have to get done at a certain time and there's things that just have to get done that day and then there are things that should be done but like could be moved around right um the list is the same, but different every day. Sure. Amounts are different. Sometimes you don't have to do a certain thing, whatever. Then you cross stuff off the list. And then I get to go home when the list is done. I don't have to stay. I don't have to fill time with busy work, which I don't believe in. Um, and then my hands are always moving. I'm always standing. I'm always walking. 
and then my brain is free to do whatever I want to do. And it's all repetitive, stimulating, regulating motions, right? The cutting of things. It's repetitive, like multiple timers and multiple chances for me to multitask and be like doing multiple things all at once. Like my therapist was very much like your job is 100% curated with somebody, for somebody who has attention deficit disorder. She was like, I'm really glad you brought it up because I was going to suggest that we talk about that and how you feel about that. So um, she was very awesome and supportive and very validating in that. And the reason why I don't have a formal diagnosis is because she did say it's really intense. And she said it's brutal for some people and very like raw. Oh, so emotional. Because you're literally watching yourself fail something yeah like a hundred times a visit yeah you know and she was like i she said to me at the time she's like more than happy to facilitate that for you she's a psychologist so i believe she can do that with me or for me or have me do that with her um she was like but i'm not going to force you to do that and i won't pursue that unless you really want to get on medication." Um, and medication is something that for me personally, I've always been very hesitant about because I've already started testosterone and I already have changed the way I think and the way I operate within the world. And that's something that I don't know that I want to pursue at this juncture in my life. I've been thinking about it more as like work has gotten more difficult because I'm away from my routine that I was doing for four years and I'm doing something new and I very much feel like a failure. (laughs) Um, I'm not, but like, you know, the forgetting and the mismanagement of time and things like that is, is crushing. You know, it's hard. Um, That's the thing that people I don't think realize is like, I know when I am not meeting your expectations and your deadlines, I know I'm a fuck up. (laughs) You telling me I fucked up doesn't help. I already know is reinforcing literally 20 years of programming from the public school system of you are a fuck Fuck up. up. I can't be plucked into and dropped in their box and function and like, you know, like unless you are really lucky and find a super good employer who's like very person centered and wants to foster growth with you, not Which for you, but with you. Lucky to have found that. Yeah. Like most supervisors would be like, this doesn't work and you need to like get it in order. Totally. But like, it seems like you have an environment where Mark is like, what can we do to help you be successful? Yeah. And one of the people who uh, was working for Mark, uh, who was kind of leading prep before I took over, he was one of the first people to tell me I have ADHD. He was like, we need to like harness your ADHD. And I was like, my what? And he was like, okay. He was like, let's not even pretend like that's not something you're battling right now. And I was like, I like, I haven't even talked to my therapist. Like, what are you talking about? And he was like, he was like, you struggle to stay on task. He's like, you don't shut the fuck up. He was like, <laughs> he was like, you're constantly moving. He's like, you work very quickly. He was like, and you can multitask. He was like, you need to start visualizing what your day looks like 10 minutes every day before you come into this, this building. He's like, you wrote the list yesterday. You know what it says. Even if you don't remember everything, start visualizing 
and categorizing what you're going to do each step of the way. What are you going to do first? While that's happening, what are the next two things you're going to do? What things can you do at the same time that finish at the same time that you can pull at the same time? It's a whole thing. And he was very instrumental in me being like, oh my God. Which again, like so profoundly different than how kids in the 90s, 90s were raised where right. it was like, you do one thing, mm-hmm. you clean it up mm-hmm. and then you, and then you do the next thing. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I literally, like when I was, okay, so my mom's a school teacher, right? Or right. was, now she's principal. When I was a kid, we weren't allowed to go outside and play or play in the summer until we did our summer schoolwork out of our summer schoolwork books. I had sustained silent reading for an hour every day in the summer. That was like our thing. And then chores. I had lots of chores. (laughs) My parents weren't going to fight that fight. But like if I had been allowed to go out and play soccer and like a 15-minute soccer break or like a 15-minute ride my bike in the cul-de-sac, come back and do 15. 30 minutes of math and then go out and play again. Mm-hmm. It would have been an entirely different experience, but Tova, I'm so sorry. Our babysitter who is married to Gwen and has two beautiful kids. And it was the first gay wedding I went to. And I cried hysterically at 16 with my boyfriend sitting next to me. And I'm like, why am I so moved by this? Um, <laughs> spoiler <gay>. alert. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I would scream and cry hysterically because I was like, I can't do this schoolwork. I need to be multitasking. Mm-hmm. I can't yeah. do my fucking times tables. Yeah. I, uh, I was very like, I was internal, right? I was not like an external emoter, uh, for very long. Um, so like I would just sit there sometimes for hours, just hating yourself, hating everything about it. Or I would like do sustained silent reading and I'd get two pages. Out. And then sometimes I'd be like, yeah, hell yeah, I want to read. And then I do that. I crush. Right. But I just like, I just, I remember like being a kid. No wonder you like being read to. I love being read to. It makes sense now. I love being Because you can look at your environment. Mm-hmm. You can move. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and my mom, my mom read to me until I was 18 years old. My mom read to me and my brother every single night. And then, um, that tapered off a little bit when we got to be teenagers, but my mom read to me until I was like 18, not every night, but like my mom, I, if I called my mom today and was and like, Hey, will you read out loud to me on Saturday? Are you free? She'd be like, yeah, sure. Like, it's just, you know, I, she always has done that. Um, but yeah, I love being read to, but like sustained silent reading was either really easy for me or really hard for me. And there was no in between. Oh no. Um, and there's like, never an in between, you know? And so here I am like living my life this way. And then I'm, you know, fucking 31 years old. And I have this grown man down in the prep basement telling me I have ADHD. And I'm like, what? No. He's like, You're like, excuse me, sir. I'm like, hello. But like, you know, he, everything he said, I identified with though. Any, any, any named behaviors I have. But nobody had given you the language for. Correct. You know, because my parents don't believe in ADHD. Because when I was 90s, it was just coming out. No one understood it. A lot of kids, I think, were over-medicated. Like, there was a lot of stuff happening. Sure, Adderall was, like... Ritalin. The drug that, like... They were just passing that shit out like candy. That was the pre-opioid. Yeah. Like, you know, you have all these fucking kiddos on legal meth, and it's like, hey, there you go. You know, so, like, my parents were very, like, 
you know, medicating your kids was not normalized yeah. when I was a kid. So my parents were like, absolutely not. We're not doing that. Yeah. You know, um, which like, fine, cool, whatever. But I mean, it would have been helpful for us though. Yes, absolutely. I, you know, but here I am now 30, almost 34 and I'm a little resistant to medication. Um, I think that anybody should have access to all the resources that they want. Um, but I, I have made the decision not to access that resource at this point in time. Um, I'm lucky that my therapist is practicing DBT. So she's very, uh, awesome in that, like gives me skills and like workarounds and little tricks and how to trick my mind. So anything I talk about, like, Oh, you got to trick yourself. Those are active skills that I do all the time. Cause I'm like, I know I have to get this done. I don't want to do it. Like me making keys the other day. Yeah, that was tough. Where I weaseled my way. I know. I was like, keys. I literally was like, Home Depot's open till 10. Like, I, we can right. go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but the like, things that are easy for you? me are right. because I medicated. Right. And so, like, my, my workaround for keys was I'll go after work to the hardware before store. Before you sit down. Before I sit down, that's one minute down the road from my work. And I'll go to that hardware store and then I'll go home. Yeah. Right. So I have to, that's a trick I learned. I didn't sit down and I grouped it with like, I have to go to work. So I group it with a task that has to happen. Right. Yeah. So like, that's, that's one of those things. Like, yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah. Yeah. Um, thank God for going to the office because it like, I mean, I don't do that anymore. And now I don't, I don't have an issue with this, but like before I was medicated and when I was very depressed and very like borderline symptomatic showering was so fucking hard for me. And like once a week, Tori would be like, okay, it's time. Mm -hmm. Like she would be like, let's get in together. Mm -hmm. I will wash your hair for you. Mm -hmm. You, but it's you like, she would be like, Sarah, it's been five days. Yeah. My mom, um, when I was a teenager, I played soccer, um, not well. Um, and my mom was very good about being like, she's like right upstairs. Don't sit down. And I remember like, don't sit down. Don't sit down. Like as soon as you sit down, it's over for you. Like go, go right upstairs, go shower, go wash your hair because I was already going. Yeah. And I like just had that memory actually just now of, of, and my mom, we talk about it a lot. My mom was very strict, very rigid. Um, and that's probably because my mom has two kids with ADHD and me and my brother were quote cute, but a handful. Um, but we had like, I had like, I woke up at 7am in grade school. I ate breakfast by 730. My teeth were brushed by 740. I was out the door by 810 to get to school by 820. Yeah. Like it was like, and it was every moment of my day was structured and there was some free time, but even that was scheduled. Yeah. You know, like, okay, you can do your homework when you get home and then you should have your homework done by four, right? You get home at like three hour for homework and then you can watch your two shows that you want to watch dealer's choice and then dinner's at five and then we're watching the news until seven you can watch wheel of fortune and jeopardy and then you're going to go get in the bath and then we're going to read at 8 15 and then you're going to be in bed by 8 30 i'm exhausted just listening to that that was my life as a kid i could i, I no i, I wouldn't have been able to i didn't that. have a choice yeah you know like that was it and like i and there were lots of nights where i was mad i yeah. was frustrated i have a really hard time changing tap pivoting right i do not pivot well um and so 
my mom also like had a tool for that. She's like, all right, dog, you got five minutes. Because like, if she didn't give me a warning, I fucking melted down. I lost my damn mind, slammed doors, huffy, like would lie about brushing my teeth. Cause like, not cause I didn't want to, but like, I didn't want to stop playing. I didn't want to, you know, whatever. Like I had a lot of autonomy, but like my schedule I was very scheduled as a kid and it lightened as I got older. Sure. Um, but like it was. So this is also why <laughs> circling back to like homeschooling, yes. right? Like the yes. ADHD brain truly is not awake until no. like noon. Oh, yeah. So trying to get to first period as a functioning teenager, undiagnosed, unmedicated, wasn't going to happen. 7 a.m.? What the uh, hell, man? I I don't even see my first client of the day until 9 a.m. I love that you said that because I always joke because I work early, right? Everyone's like, how do you do that? How do you do that? I always joke, I'm not awake until 10. Yeah. Because I'm not. Like, Truly. I don't remember the first well, three hours of my day. I'm doing it. It's all robotic and, and controlled. But like, I don't, I don't really wake up and I'm like, oh, okay, talkative, whatever. Like, yeah. And all of the people in my department were like that too, where they knew they didn't speak to me unless they absolutely had to because I'm just like not even there. Yeah. I'm just a little zombie. I'm a noodle, you know? And then I go to the Midmark, grab an energy drink, and I'm good to go. But that's 9 30 or 10 a.m., right? Fucking energy drinks. Um, I have a Costco membership, by the way, if you ever need to get like a giant pack of Red Bull. Good to know. Good to know. But, um, and they deliver now. <sighs> but. Yeah, yeah, like kids, right. like the ADHD brain is really active between like 8 to 10 p.m. And mm. this is when we like do our most. So it's always when we hang out and we're like so alive. And like mm. it would have been really nice to be able to manage my schedule not to avoid schoolwork. Because no. I love to learn I and I love to learn as a kid. I like to know things. It's so fun for me. But to learn at a time when I could. Mm. And another thing I love is I love communicating when I know to other people. That's why, like when I mentioned before, I come off as a know-it-all, right? Um, I'm like, no, I just want to tell you this really cool thing. And I've been told multiple times, like, well, the way you say it is like, you think I don't know. And I'm like, no, I'm saying I didn't know. And, and you're like, excited and to I'm, share it. Because now I know. And I'm like, did you know this too? Because like, I didn't know this. Like, And so I'm trying to like, I always really struggled with that because that was one way I was like very much trying to c- c- create he- connection and so socially i was very othered because people thought that i was like a little prissy fucking know-it-all i was annoying <laughs> and i was heartbreaking because i was like no i just want to tell you this cool thing i learned about frogs everyone why is it that. always frogs i love frogs man they're so cool you know but yeah so. okay so we have only a few more minutes the yesterday i administered talon <laughs> Well, I just want to acknowledge I got explicit and enthusiastic consent to just like briefly put on my therapist hat. Yeah, brain hack me. To brain hack Helen just slightly because he doesn't have any insight into like what diagnosis could like the process, what it could look like. So I administered him the ADHD self-reporting tool, which is like a starting tool that clinicians will use to determine if we should refer for further diagnostic testing. Yes. Peer reviewed. Like I, I think it was a team of researchers at Harvard that wrote it. It's broken up into 
inattentive and then hyperactive. And so um, on the inattentive scoring, Talon scored a 33. And in the hyperactive scoring, Talon scored a 31. And 24 or greater points is highly likely to have ADHD. So like you're like maxed out on the scale on both ends. And it's like ADHD combined type, basically. Yeah, Yeah, and we... Um, but, like, tell us about your experience with that. Well, uh, I would love to point out the fact that I tried to cheat. Yeah, and I did not let you because I redirected back to some examples. Correct, which I think is something that's very important. And, like, so, like, that is something that, like, I've taken, like, little online tests, you know? Because everybody does that. Duh. But you can cheat those. Because, like, some of those answers, like, you can... There's no one there to work that answer around. Right. To be unavoidable, right? So, like, I actually enjoyed doing that with you because you were like no mm-mm. what about yeah and i was like oh um so i i hate like saying this about myself but um yeah i very much learned from an early age how to cheat or mask or work around things to avoid trouble to do what i wanted to do to get away with things and nothing like nefarious obviously um just but like normal i mean like like you still feel guilty about stealing someone's tamagotchi yeah oh yeah guilt dude guilt yeah I, yeah i don't remember the girl's name but i vividly remember the tamagotchi right like <sighs> like you weren't like cheating or lying or whatever because you want that because that was consistent with your value set you were doing that to function that's mm-hmm. maladaptive functioning right. which is Sorry if there's any parents listening, right? And it's frustrating to be on the receiving end. But maladaptive functioning is functioning. Yes. It just isn't the most effective. Right. But it is getting needs met. Right. And it doesn't look great, right? Like, that doesn't look It doesn't sound feel good. good. No, it feels terrible. Um, and again, like, you know, I had strict parents. I had very strict parents. And what do they always say? Strict parents make good liars out of kids, right? I was an amazing liar. And I had to, like stop doing that like that was something that like i had to stop myself from doing yeah which was really hard yeah like i still people don't like this but like i love a white lie you know what i mean like like a white lie that's not gonna like great it if it doesn't have any negative impact impact like if somebody's like Somebody's like, what did you order from Postmates? And you're like, I ordered sushi. And then they're like, what rolls did you order? And I'm like, I ordered this one and this one and this one. But like, I also ordered, you know, this appetizer and like this thing. But I don't want to tell you I ordered that much food. Um, <laughs> that's, a, that's a white lie that I'm like, I have no ethical qualms about because I have a weird relationship with how people perceive my food consumption. Sure, sure. And I'm just not like, yep. That's some, that's and that's like, yeah, yeah. like that, that is wh- like whatever. But yeah. like, would I ever lie about who I was with, what I was doing, right. what my plans are, what right. my values are, what my expectations are? No. Yeah. And, uh, I definitely did 
for a long time, even almost into like early adulthood. Right? Yeah, so me 20, too. 21 years old. Um, and I had to like, I practiced not doing that. Um, because I realized I'm like, I'm an adult, I'm not going to get in trouble. Like I don't, right. know, I don't, I don't have to lie about where I'm going, who I'm seeing, what I'm doing. It's right. not important. Lying is a form of fawning essentially. Yeah. I don't have to do that. Yeah. Right. So like, and now, unfortunately for me, I don't lie. And it's made socialization a lot harder because I don't want to do that. Yeah. And like, and I don't elaborate either. Right. Because like, I don't want to give explanations or justifications for why I don't want to do something. Which is so funny because you really crave people to explain and validate their, Mm -hmm. their things, their thought processes, their decisions. I do. I want want, want to understand somebody, right? I want to understand their motivations and stuff. Now, if someone asks me for like a justification or or a validation or an explanation, I'll give it freely. Sure. But I don't just naturally do that because it feels like fawning or it feels like an excuse to me. And that feels very close to how lying feels and it makes me feel weak and sneaky and I don't like that feeling inside of me. And I'm sure there's a lot of stuff we can unpack there, but... Uh, we don't have time. We don't have time. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the first thing, I, I tried to cheat the system. I tried to cheat on the test. And then the next couple of things is I felt very vulnerable uh, and very seen just by doing that little self-assessment and like seen by myself and like... You know, when you're honest about things that you like encounter every day and you struggle every day that maybe you put away because you're like, well, I just have to do that. Like when you talk about those things and you're like, oh my God, those really do impact me. That hurts a lot because it's like, this is what I'm living with and this is how I'm living. This is how hard it is. This is how hard my life is, you know? And like, I very much forget the struggles that I go through every day because I go through them every day. Right. And I'm very like that's how it is. Yeah. And this is how I've chosen to live. Right. Yeah. I just really want to like put it in perspective for people. I think it's like zero to 14 is like no ADHD symptoms. And then like 14 to 24 is like likely to meet criteria. And then 24 or greater is highly likely. Mm -hmm. Like you need to be referred and treated to meet criteria and you scored 33 and 31. Like this is greatly impacting your life. Absolutely. And, and, yeah, it has my entire life, right? Like, Did this make you want to get a formal diagnosis doing a self-reporting tool? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, it definitely is like something that I'm going to bring up to my therapist when I see her next to me. Like, hey, I want to go ahead and do this. Okay, um, but you cannot tell her that I, we I'm did a brain hack. I'm, I'm just going to tell her, like, let's go. Because, you know, I'm, I've been struggling a little bit at work and stuff like that. So I'm like, I just need. And, and I've experienced a lot of, not a lot, but like a a decent amount of invalidation because I don't have a formal diagnosis and I'm not medicated. Right. We talked a lot about this last night, not really recording, but you know, people think like, well, you can function without meds. It must not be that bad. It must not be that bad. And I'm like, well, no, I function without meds because of the way I was raised and the way I was socialized and like the skills that I have built and the skills that I use. Mm -hmm. doesn't mean I don't need it. And it doesn't mean that my ADHD is less than yours. It doesn't mean that. Yeah. And I've had very invalidating experiences from people like I love and care about and who are in my life who do have ADHD, who do know what it's like to struggle with this, but they are medicated. So they just look at me almost as if like I'm not part of the club. Yeah. Right. And it's like for somebody like me who's always like wanted community and to be understood and to be seen, 
to have people who do have what I have, but formally diagnosed, tell me or look at me like I don't know or I can't relate is very heartbreaking yeah. and frustrating. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Mm, that was that was the juice. I think that's a really good place to end for this one. Like, so and I want to. It's sweet because we watched your pre-transition videos mm. last night, and like you would always, you ended the majority of your videos by being like, "I'm so grateful that like even though this is hard, even though I don't know what to expect, mm. even though I'm not sure if I'm going to be supported, like." I am so grateful that I have the opportunity and like the resources to transition. I hope like all of you who are listening have like all of the things in your life that make you grateful. Right. And I just want to like bring some of that to this and say like everybody listening, like we hope that you feel seen and you feel supported through the podcast, but also like, in your lives and we want to empower you that like if you don't have people who see and support you to find that community well i mean not even that like we see you we support you like there isn't anything more validating than being seen yeah like i just don't think there is at least for me and yeah like i always want people to feel like they're a part of a community and they belong like we're social, we're social creatures and having something that impacts us so intensely socially because ADHD really does. It really does. It just does. Um, is like very isolating, very heartbreaking. And so like, yeah, like, yeah, I see you. Yeah. Like you're in community here already. Absolutely. Yeah. If anybody has any questions, I'm always down to talk. Obviously I can't stop. So. Hi, friends. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Bold, Beautiful, Borderline podcast. Lori and I are so grateful that you're here with us on this journey, and we can't wait to dive into more topics in the future with you all about Borderline and even have some more fun and exciting guests to join us on the podcast. If you really enjoyed this episode, we would love if you would rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. We would also love to see you interact with us on social media and on our Patreon page. The links to that are included in the show notes, so check us out there. We would be incredibly honored to get to know you all as you get to know us and our recovery stories. We love you, and we'll see you next time.